This is Superfood Sundays, a plant-based podcast with Chef Lynette. Joyce, I'd like to start things off here with a dig into the past because a lot of times, not only in wellness, but really in life, there's things that indicate to people growing up that this is how they're going to turn out. This is how they're going to be. So I'd love to know if there was something growing up that kind of swung back Mm -hmm. around when you got older and now it's the Joyce we're listening to now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I love this question (laughs) because it's actually a philosophy that I have. I do have this, my own philosophy that we all can look into the early stages of our life. And there's probably a moment, an experience, a something, an event that can actually be indicative of where we wound up with our career or our purpose. So thank you for asking. So for me, if I think about my youth and being a kid, my dad had this awesome workshop when we were kids in the basement of our house. He had this huge wall of all of his tools, his screwdrivers, his needle nose pliers, his hammers and all the wrenches and all those things. And my dad's a photographer and he built a lot of his sets and he was just super handy. And he loved things that were organized as I do. (laughs) So as a kid, I can remember being like around seven or eight. I used to hop up on this really high stool that he had in there and I would grab the needle nose pliers and I would also take the Elmer's glue he had wood glue and Elmer's wood glue. And he also had the regular white glue. God, it's terrible. I mean, we know now as vegans, that's what that stuff is made of. But as a kid, (laughs) (laughs) we can laugh together on it. It's sad, but I would take the needle nose pliers and I would take that orange nozzle and I would get the most gratification, the most gratification out of yanking out that dried up glue from the nozzle. Flash forward as a colon hydrotherapist, it was extremely gratifying to assist people in alleviating the encumbrance and the obstruction from their bodies that was physical manifestation that was holding them back from their greatest power. So that's an early indicator for me, yanking out that dried up glue from the Elmer's glue nozzle and just freeing up the flow of glue for whatever project as a kid I was going to work on and know that like, okay, this is going to be an easier process. Wow. So I'm assuming that you are a fan of the reality show, Dr. Pimple Popper. (laughs) I've never watched it, but I've heard of it. (laughs) I feel like that this is something (laughs) Mm -hmm. that you would be interested in watching. My mom sometimes watches it and I'm just like, oh my gosh. But I mean, all of us, I'm sure, have picked at something on our bodies and gotten some type of satisfaction of right? doing. <laughs> right? Removal of that which we don't that which we don't need. Right. My facialist wants to fight me about it, but that's a whole nother story for another <laughs> day. <laughs> but yes, being able to relieve yourself of these certain things. Yeah. And a lot of the food we eat, you know, before we got savvy to plant based, a lot of the food we were eating is actually food that's turn to glue over time, which is why we wind up feeling inflexible physically and emotionally and all of the other inflammatory responses that we get in the body from those encumbrances. So it's it's a metaphor, but it's also a very literal translation. Yeah, exactly. So as you moved into this, what was the process for schooling and education? Because obviously for wellness, obviously 
for holistic health, there's so many different ways to receive information. How did you educationally make this journey forward into where you are now? Because you are CCH, which stands for? Certified colon hydrotherapist. So my journey actually started when I was young. My dad suffered with severe manic depression and anxiety, and that is a bit of a separate story, but it was what inspired me because I made a very direct connection between what I ate and how I felt. And not just how I felt physically, but also how I felt emotionally and mentally. And that happened for me at a pretty young age, around, I would say, like 12, 13, 14. And I just started changing my diet because of that, but also because of many different inspirations from my brother. And flashing forward, I learned how to self-administer colonics before I was actually a colon hydrotherapist. I never even had a a thought that this was going to be a career path for me. I was working in advertising for almost a decade. I'm from New York and growing up there was a very like intense lifestyle, I guess, you know, hustle and bustle, but I really loved the pace of the city and working in advertising allowed me to pursue my creative endeavors from the business side because I went to school for photography. And when I learned about colon hydrotherapy, just as a client, really the first thing I could tell you after my very first colonic is that I felt like the lights went on. And what I mean by that is the actual treatment I had, my very first colonic unto itself, wasn't the eye-opening experience I thought it was going to be. Those treatments in succession over the course of time eventually led me to have that one epiphany colonic where I was like, whoa, what just happened? But what I mean by when the lights went on after that very first treatment is really more about the philosophy and the concepts that were shared with me by my then colon hydrotherapist, Gil Jacobs, who's still practicing in New York City. Because what he shared made so much sense conceptually in terms of dietetic information and what was going on in my body. Because I was one of those people who could not understand for the life of me why I didn't feel as good as I thought I should based on how I how healthy I thought I was eating. Mm, and, mm-hmm. and really, quite honestly, Lynette, that was a big thing for me because I was so frustrated. I, I, I suffered with a lot of chronic illness as a kid. When I was like six, seven, I was dealing with viral issues with chicken pox and skin issues in my early teens and weight issues that just wouldn't budge no matter how many crunches I did, no matter how healthy I thought I was eating. I dealt with a lot of chronic infections in my body, ear, nose, and throat. And I eventually had a herniated disc in my early 20s. And I healed my body of all of those things naturally without surgery, meds, injections, and That was something then that I didn't have a lot of support for in terms of what we have now with the internet because I'm about to be 52 in June. And so, you know, the internet wasn't a big thing back then. It wasn't even a thing back then. But, you know, in terms of schooling and in terms of getting educated, what happened for me was as a client getting colonics, you know, like I said, I had a number of them probably for the first like six months when I finally had this one treatment where I felt like someone pulled a giant size piece of luggage out of my midsection. And I got off the colonic table saying to Gil, like, what the F just happened? Because I felt light, open, energetic. I felt this connection between what we would call like the navel chakra, you know, the gut chakra there and the skull. 
And there was this opening and this freedom and this lightness and this love radiating through me from my chest. I felt like walking down the streets of New York City and hugging strangers. And I just felt completely free. I felt like nothing could touch me. I felt Mm. unencumbered. I felt unstoppable. And once I made that connection between letting go of obstruction in my body and letting go of stuff that was in my gut that I didn't even really understand was really there because I was someone, when I had my first colonic, Lynette, I was someone who had three to five bowel movements a day, healthy movements. Now, if you're listening to this and you're wondering like, whoa, that sounds like too many, I will tell you that someone who's administered over 20,000 colon hydrotherapy sessions, a healthy colon should have three to five movements a day. You should be having one for every meal that you eat. Most people eat three meals, okay, even if you're eating two. And then you should have another one or two movements on top of the number of meals that you eat, right? So if you're eating three meals, that's three. And then you should have another one or two bowel movements a day. And a healthy bowel should not look like a pellet. A healthy bowel movement should be one to two feet in length. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, I've worked with people who would come in for a colonic and they haven't had a movement in three days. I've worked with people who haven't had a movement in five days. And I've worked with people who used to have a bowel movement every two weeks, ritually, as in that was their frequency. And there are doctors out there that will tell those individuals that that is okay. And that is their body's rhythm. That couldn't be further from the truth. So getting back to the schooling, once I started to have these treatments and had that breakthrough, I then felt like, oh my God, why wasn't I getting these treatments years ago? You know, I had my first treatment when I was 23 years old. And up until that point, as I said, I suffered with a lot of chronic illness. I had been on antibiotics for rounds and rounds of them over the course of time from the time I was a kid. Then you'd get you know, if you're taking antibiotics for an ear infection, now you have a yeast infection, then you have a urinary tract infection, and it goes around and around and around. And after I had that treatment where it was a breakthrough, I thought, oh my God, why isn't everyone getting these? This is so easy. You just eat a little cleaner, you order your foods in a certain way, you combine them in a certain way, you have this opening up, and then you get this colonic, and it's the rinse cycle to the wash process. Because, you know, a lot of us just think about what we're putting in our bodies, but nobody really educates us on how to rinse out what the healthy foods loosen up that is not getting out of our bodies. Mm, And that's why you call yourself the rinse princess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it. So after I had a number of these treatments myself, I actually then just wanted to be able to self-administer. Because I was like, oh my God, I need to get these treatments more often. And I didn't really have the, the level of income at that point that would allow me to get them at the frequency that I wanted. So I said to Gil, I want to install one of these colonic units in my apartment. He's like, no problem, kid. I can help you with that. Let's get the plumber in there and we'll do this. So once I started self-administering, the funny part is that my boyfriend then at the time, this was now 19, like 97, 98, we're talking, Okay. My boyfriend at the time had a lot of intestinal issues as a kid. And he's like, well, that treatment I had with Gil was pretty awesome. Would you be able to give me a treatment? And I was like, sure, let's try it. Well, that elevated the intimacy of our relationship. (laughs) 
And then my brother's girlfriend at the time was also getting treatments. She had gallstones and colonics saved her from having surgery. And she said, Gil's booked. Can I come see you? I really need a treatment. And I said, okay. And then my mom got on the table, you know. So what happened was then these people then went back to Gil and they were like, we ch- I cheated on you. I had to get a session. You were booked. I went to see Joyce. <laughs> and he was like, oh, really? How'd it go? He was thrilled. And the reason why that was so powerful is because eventually at some point, Gil went to Thailand for two weeks and he asked me to sit in for him. And I was nervous as hell because, you know, this man is what I consider the grand poobah of poop. And to sit in for him (laughs) (laughs) and like see his clients was so intimidating because we all looked up to him so highly. Well, it was the greatest gift. But, you know, as we always say, like the thing that scares you the most is the thing you're supposed to move to the fastest because it. It elevates you, right? Well, I was as nervous as could be, but when Gil came back from his trip, he checked in with his clients and they all said how excited they were and how thrilled they were and how, what great sessions they had. So then, of course, he comes back to me at some point and he says, you know, I want to open up a, a space and do this on a greater scale because he was working out of his apartment. And segue, that goes into what was now going to be Chakra 17, which became like the colonic space in New York City to go to. We expanded from two colonic rooms to four and had like five other treatment rooms. And that's what really spawned my career from advertising into colonic therapy. The schooling is only about four days down in Florida in Kissimmee at um, the Woods Hygienic Institute. But the true schooling comes after that when you work with Gil and you start working on clients that will like be your guinea pigs with his supervision to really learn bodies and learn biochemistry and understand the intuitive quality that one must really have when doing this work because I do gravity-based colon hydrotherapy. And even though I'm not currently practicing here in Arizona, I'm doing more coaching work and we'll get into that after. Gravity-based is a completely different entity and animal from what most people know as machine-based treatments because gravity is the old school method. You are working directly with the client. It's completely hands-on. You cannot administer a colon hydrotherapy session gravity-based unless you are literally in the room holding space and touching the client and pulsing the the waste tube that carries the water and waste out of their body and massaging them with your left hand and really feeling their body's energy, knowing when they're getting ready to release, carrying them through in a very deep emotional release that might bring up tears and, you know, things that they've gone through in their life with betrayal and maybe assaults and things like that, that they're holding on in their system on a deep tissue level. So, the schooling is really more about what happens after the four days with Gil and also working on yourself. If you are not getting colon hydrotherapy treatments by self-administering, it's really, you really can't learn how to, to work on other people. So, you know, I eventually went on and had my own space called Love Your Transformation, otherwise known as LIGHT, spelled L-Y-T. And we had a very serious level of training that we did with you know, the individuals that stepped forward and wanted to learn how to do this work and become certified. And a lot of that was self-treating. So that's really like the answer to your question about learning how to do the work uh, and my segue into it from my previous career. Okay. What would be the number one thing someone needs to do to prepare for a colonic? I can't stress enough that if you're seeking out a gravity-based colon hydrotherapist in your region, that you definitely interview them as much as they will be interviewing you to some degree with your intake form. 
And I say that because, you know, we want to be working with people who are walking their walk. We want to be working with people who are exemplifying the work that they tout. I can't, you know, stress enough that I felt a major obligation to work on myself and clear out any of that which was holding me back before I was going to be in a space to be of service to the clients that I wanted to really provide dynamic influence for. And so really, yeah, right. It's like, you know, if you're working with a doctor, you know, hopefully they're not outside smoking cigarettes and sucking down Coca-Cola. I remember yeah, going to work in the morning, like to Chakra 17 back in the day. And we would, I would pass NYU and I was just like, wow, all the doctors were outside smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And it's, like, it's, wild. it's, it's very wild. A lot of times people will not step forward with doing something different for their diet or their health because they're afraid they have to do everything at once and, or they're afraid they have to give up all of the things that they, that are giving them like the most emotional gratification. But first of all, you can actually instill or catalyze or begin a detox by just having more salads. I mean, like anything that you do to elevate the alkalinity in your diet is going to support detoxification. And everything I do with my clients is designed to bring their body into a higher alkaline state. So, you know, before having a colonic, depending on who you are, if putting salads before your cooked food is something you're not doing, start doing that. That will, you know, elevate your body's ability to detox. Bringing in a, you know, some kind of a vegetable, fresh pressed vegetable juice in the morning on an empty stomach for three to five or seven days before going in for your treatment, that will elevate your body's ability to detoxify. You're really just trying to open up your body's ability to loosen up material and debris and allow a lot of the plant-based fibers to also start to soften the glue-like obstruction that's in there, or maybe the cement-like obstruction in there, depending on what your diet has been like over the course of many years. So again, just bringing in some basic detoxifying principles, a little bit of food combining, you know, elevating the first meal of your day. If your first meal of the day is like eggs and bacon, you know, and you're just getting into plant-based, and it's even like tofu bacon or something like that, bringing in a smoothie, bringing in avocado toast, things like that, just switching over to something that's more properly combined is going to support you in having a much easier colonic the very first treatment. And that literally brings me to the next thing that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about gut health. But within that, I wanted to talk about food combining. Are there any general kind of foundations that you can give to people for just starting off with food combining, the, the, the whole concept of it all, really? Yeah. And for people who are wondering, like, geez, Lynette, what is food combining? I know, so right? food combining <laughs> is a methodology and a group of principles that are designed to help you properly pair your food to optimize your body's ability to digest your food to then and therefore have amazing poops. <laughs> because if you're not crapping, you're dying, okay? It all comes down to pooping. I don't care what anyone says. If you are not eliminating properly and efficiently, you are probably not feeling amazing. You're probably feeling lethargic. You're probably having sleep issues, skin issues, energy issues, autoimmune issues. could be tumors. It could be endometriosis. It could be chronic migraines. Anything that you might be dealing with or struggling with can 
typically be likened to something going on in your body, you know, emotionally, because I believe all physical manifestations are actually manifestations of our emotional health. And I know that might sound a little woo-woo for someone who's dealing with so much physicality with, you know, the alleviating of physical waste from the body. But what I've learned over the course of my 25 plus years doing this work is that, you know, when we're working on deep tissue cleansing, emotions are really at the base and the foundation of the cause. So with food combining, you know, some really basic principles are this, and I actually have a food combining chart that you can, you know, download for free from my site or from the link in my bio, but on Instagram, but you're really just going to take the first meal of the day and just deal with that. Because if the very first meal of your day is improperly combined, the rest of your day is going to be pretty much a train wreck because what happens is if what you eat in the morning doesn't leave your stomach. Now your stomach is the first organ of digestion. And if you make a fist right now and place your fist underneath your left rib cage, that's where your stomach is. And if what you eat at breakfast lands in your stomach and doesn't leave in say two to four or five hours, and then you eat again after that, we get what we call the trampoline effect, the rebound effect, because what you eat at lunch is not going to have a place to go. And when it lands in the stomach, it's going to do something called ferment, which is not the kind of fermentation we want when we're making sauerkraut. Like that's a good fermentation. This Mm. is the kind of fermentation that we get, which is going to completely expand the stomach, bloat us, gas us up, make us get, you know, all of that pressure in the system, the headaches, the pimples, the skin, the poor sleep, the energy, all that stuff, the diarrhea, the constipation, it slows down the entire process of your body doing what it should do with that breakfast meal, which is get it from the stomach to the small intestine, to the large intestine, to the sewage system. Okay. So if the, the only thing you do after listening to this is you just start learning how to like, "Mm, let me just improve my breakfast and let's just see what happens the rest of the day. You will actually get amazing results. So your breakfast could look like if you were, let's say we're going to talk about like something a little bit heavier, right? So I talked about avocado toast. You could do overnight oats. You could do coconut butter spread on toast. You could do um, something a little cleaner, more alkaline. That would look a little bit more like fresh fruit with avocado, or it could be your vegetable juice first thing in the morning, waiting an hour and then doing maybe a fruit smoothie. The fruit smoothie can have in some greens so that the fruit sugars aren't hitting the intestine too aggressively. If you're someone who doesn't do well with fruit, if you're eating fruit and it's bloating the stomach, it means that it's going in and it's encountering a lot of waste material and probably loosening it up extremely quickly because fruit is a radical cleanser. It doesn't mean that fruit is causing the problem. It's just that it's encountering stuff that needs to leave the body. And so if you can't eat fruit, then I would recommend that avocado toast or the coconut butter toast. And then the other way to do fruit is like fruit with avocado, because once you bring an avocado in with the fruit, and again, that's a proper combination, it will slow down the cleansing effects of the fruit sugars. Typically, we say eat fruit alone or leave it alone in the food combining world, but there are some exceptions to the principles, and that is one of them. So that would be a good place to start. Oh, man, this is great. So we're like through the colonics, we're through gut health. How long is the digestive tract? I don't think people realize how long that is. Well, if we talk about the colon itself, the colon is if we took someone's colon out of their body and kind of stretched it out because it's very, it's kind of like the brain, right? It's like it is your second brain. And that's why those two parts of the body are, you know, not mutually exclusive, you know, the cells of the colon and the brain are actually developing in the fetal stage at the same time, which is why our neurological system is so entwined in the gut, you know, but the gut, the colon is about five to seven feet in length 
if we took it out of the body and just kind of stretched it from, you know, end to end. Pretty wild. It is. It really shrinks down. It's phenomenal how that really works. I think that most of us don't realize like how that really goes. And how it really catalyzes the mindset around, geez, how much food do I really need to be energetic, strong and vibrant? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The gut being the second brain, how does that work? Yeah, it's pretty fascinating when you start thinking about this. There's so many studies on the microbiome now, I mean, probably thousands at this point. And, you know, your nervous system runs through your gut. That's why sometimes 20 minutes into a colonic, a client who's somewhat new to the work might look up at me and say, okay, I know this is going to sound a little weird, but I feel so relaxed right now. Even their voice changes just like mine did, right? And I, of course, don't think that's strange. I know exactly what's going on. We've alleviated all of this waste matter, all these extra bowel movements sitting around, belaboring them. If you have power and you reduce the obstruction, you increase your vitality, right? You look at puppies and cats. Like if you look at a dog, they go outside, they have a bowel movement, and then they want to run and frolic, right? They want to run and play. Very true. So it's the same with us. Like, do you know anybody who suffers with constipation who's like, let's go and run and like, let's go do a marathon? No, the, the people who are constipated are moody, they're triggered easily, they're stressed, they are low energy, they can't sleep, they're easily triggered. Like there's a lot going on emotionally with the body, with our physical body. And so I was talking about a moment ago how during the fetal stage, the same cells that are forming the gut are actually forming in the brain. And now we have the nervous system. There's a line, you know, it's our neurological system. It's running through the gut. We have all of our serotonin, like 95% of it at least, is produced in our gut. These are the neurotransmitters that are triggering the happy factor in the brain. They're supporting our metabolic response, our food cravings, our hormones, our blood and bone health, our sleep, our mood, our mindset. All of that is being manifested through the gut and our nervous system and all of that is completely entwined. We have what? Over 100 million, 100 million neurons that run through our gut. So when we're running water through the belly, through the colon, and we're alleviating matter, that which does not belong, of course we're going to feel better. We're going to get off the colonic table and be like, wow, I'm not even hungry. We have all these connections to this lightness of being and a return to Eden, right? It's like the Essene gospel of peace talks about cleansing the bowel, like birds putting a little reed up their butt to alleviate and animals and nature just, again, like running and frolicking once they're set free. So our, our emotions are completely connected to our gut health. And I can't stress enough, you know, I feel like a th I am a colon hydrotherapist, but I sometimes feel like a psychotherapist in the room when I was working with my clients, because a lot of times it's a very safe place for them to feel like they can start talking about their emotions. And once you allow a person to feel freedom in their body, they start to feel free with their words and they start to feel empowered. I could cry right now talking about it, you know, because people, people walk around feeling so hopeless and helpless and doing this work has allowed me to support people in really tapping into their true freedom and their true potential. It's really the most gratifying work I know. I definitely feel you. I mean, wellness work is just an overall thing now more than ever. 
a few things you said made me think about my duties as super duties. Yeah, duties. <laughs> I'm gonna dig into my my godmother auntie bag, and I know sometimes with children, they don't want to poop. They'll hold their poop. They're you know they're older. You know, no more diapers. But is there anything that you can kind of connect this to psychologically that you know of why that would happen? Yeah, I think there's a lot of stigma around our butts. You know, I mean, it's like it's our butt. And, you know, poop is not considered clean. It's like it smells. It's dirty. It's like waste. And it can be embarrassing, right? Like, it, you know, when you're a kid, like there's a lot of charge and stigma potentially connected to that. But I think a lot of parents out there do such a great job of supporting their children and being proud of their poops, right? I mean, you've heard stories, I think, and maybe maybe not, I don't know, maybe this is the first time, but, you know, kids being so proud of having a poop that they've, like, brought it to their parents, you know, and they're, like, of course, like, toddlers, like, like just learning how to go, obviously not when they're 17, that would be weird, yeah. um, <laughs> but, you know, we want to commend our children in all ways, and so we can kind of alleviate the stigma with that. And for a lot of kids too, if their diets are really toxic or they were born, when I say this lovingly, of toxic parents, then going to the bathroom can be difficult. It can be painful. I get sometimes friends who have little nieces and nephews are calling me and saying like, my sister-in-law is having a really hard time with the baby. The baby's poops are so painful. The baby's crying. What can we do? I'll coach them with some, several different things that they can do to alleviate the bowels from being so dehydrated and dry and make it a little easier of a process. But the reason there's sometimes stigma is because it's not a, it's not a comfortable process for babies or they're eating things um, that are not clean. Unfortunately, sometimes mother's milk is not clean and it can constipate and really gas up the baby. The microbiome from the mom gets passed on to the baby when the baby drops into the vaginal canal. That's the first inception. And so if someone has had a C-section, the percentage of individuals that struggle with allergies, metabolic issues, mental health issues, colon health issues, increases dramatically in the absence of receiving that coating. There's actually a procedure they do where they take gauze and they put it inside the mom's vaginal canal if she's going to have a C-section. And then after the baby is removed you know, surgically, they wrap the baby in that gauze and they've seen an increase in the health of the microbiomes um, of, the, of those children, which I know that's, that's pretty radical. But that's the reason why going to the bathroom for some kids is got so much stigma. Mm. Those are some of the reasons. All right. So I'm, I'm going from one thing to another here. I'm Love asking it. for a friend in quotations, TMI, mm -hmm. but almost every time I'm on the plane or I get off mm -hmm. the plane, like, I need to like poop. What is happening up there that it's like, you know, why would you want to poop in the plane? Well, first of all, like whoever your friend is, in quotes, that's <laughs> awesome notes because that's interesting to me. As a colon hydrotherapist in our world, we talk about reverse gas pressure when you go into the plane. Okay. So here's a little education. So here's what happens. You know when you go on the plane and your ears start to hurt or pop or you get that pressure? Yeah, the sinus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've actually got this cabin pressure that your bodies get the same pressure. It's not just in the ears or in the sinuses. It's, you know, we get stuffed up because the air quality up there is recirculated oxygen. It's horrible. So I bring my oils with my essential oils with me on the plane. But 
you know, what's happening when you're in the air high up and then you come down. So typically most people are actually constipated because you, what happens is you get this reverse gas pressure in the colon, meaning like things kind of go backwards a little bit and then lock. And that's why a lot of people get off the plane feeling so bloated. So, you know, congratulations to your friend who doesn't have that experience and actually has the ability to go to the bathroom. But most people, when they travel, they get really stressed because they're going to be constipated. And it all starts from air travel. That's interesting. I mean, but being regular is always going to be better than not being regular. Is that pretty much the rule of thumb? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like, is having less stress better than having a lot of stress? (laughs) Yes, of course. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That person's having that movement. Oh, awesome. Um, Kombucha, gut health. I think when it comes to the things that are being marketed to the mainstream for gut health, kombucha Mm -hmm. really tops the list. Where does that fall on your list? Pour it up. Let us know. Yeah. (laughs) I love this question. I definitely would love to be endorsing a variety of products over the course of time. This is probably a one that I will never get an endorsement for. See that? (laughs) We'll probably not be endorsing. Now, here's the thing. Let me actually, you know, course correct. So here's the thing. I've done a lot of colonics, as I've said, right? Like a couple, 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 couple of colonics in my day, 20,000. And so the thing is with kombucha, like I'm actually not a fan, but because I've done a lot of colonics and seen people come in and all of a sudden there's this like this foamy stuff coming through the tube. I'm like, so what's going on? Oh, I've been drinking all this kombucha. Now I think with kombucha, it's, it's made perfectly because I think it's a very delicate process. I think if it's made perfectly, people are going to be fine. My thing is that once it starts getting mass produced, I think you have to probably be extremely selective with what you're choosing because I think there's the delicate nature of the process might get lost in some of the mass production. And I think that's where it, mm, there's a fine line between like getting it to where it needs to be and then kind of going a little bit like too far in the process. And I think for a lot of people, it winds up just gassing them up. That's my experience of it. So I'm not trying to bash it for anyone out there who loves it. I think you just have to be extremely selective in finding a company that either does it small batch or is extremely conscientious about their process. All right. As as with everything, gut health foods in general, now that I've kind of talked about the elephant in the room <laughs> and you're not really down for that elephant, what <laughs> as an alternative can we really lean into for the gut health foods? Just me, the chef's perspective, the miso, the sauerkraut, but what else or how else uh, yeah. can folks really achieve that? So it's a liquid. It's actually not really a food food in that sense, but it is still a food. From today, from 20 something years ago until the day that I go into the next whatever level of existence that is beyond um, my last breath, I will forever tout and say that anyone who is not drinking fresh pressed vegetable juices is leaving so much on the table and they are missing out on so much opportunity to elevate their vitality, really cleanse the body, support the cells in reproducing, sloughing off of old cells, aging in reverse, and really just supporting the colon at its greatest level. I am a huge advocate of juicing. It is a huge part of my three-pillar process. And I do not believe that I would be here doing this work at this level, looking and feeling the way I do if I were not doing that myself. So juicing, number one. 
because it transforms everything from your food cravings to your weight if you want to release some, to your skin, to your vibrancy, to your immune system, to your sleep. I mean, all of the things that people are really wanting to focus on. Beauty, it's not a superficial thing. Our skin is our largest organ. It is an indicator of what is going on. It is a magic mirror for what is going on inside our gut terrain. So juicing is number one. Then we go to the fibrous foods. We would look at, like you say, sauerkraut. I mean, the best probiotics in the world are raw fermented veggies. You can make these for pennies of forkful at home and it's super easy. And then like your broom foods, right? Like you want to look at some of the better fruits would be like pineapple, kiwi, watermelon, fibrous fibrous foods like the apples. For the greens, you've got romaine lettuce, kale, parsley, things that have, you know, a little bit more tooth to them that are really going to help to support sweeping the inner terrain, sweeping the body of the things that are in there that are, you know, holding back like their Kung Fu grip. Did you just call them broom foods? Oh, yeah, mama. Wow. I've never heard that before. And I love that. Broom foods. And it completely makes sense. Basically, anything that is high in fiber. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Psyllium husk. Side note. Friend of foe. Mm. Okay. So in the colon hydrotherapy world, whenever we would have someone call and say, oh, yeah, I just did psyllium. Well, we'd all look at each other like, oh, boy, here we go. So psyllium just kind of like the kombucha thing, it has to be used properly. I once had a woman come in. Here's a story. Awesome woman. Know her to this day. She came in. She had done two weeks of psyllium with no colonics. Now, just to give you an idea of what we're dealing with here, and for those who don't know what psyllium is, it's a husk. It comes in a powder. And typically, people will take like a teaspoon of this, put it in water, mix it up and drink it. And it's designed to actually go into the body and adsorb, A-D-S-O-R-B, adsorb and expand about 40 times its weight in volume to help the body have a really amazing bowel movement. Now, I only use psyllium with my advanced cleansers because if you put that in someone's body who's just starting out, it would be like taking a three-year-old and putting them on a Harley Davidson without a helmet. It would be like... Yeah, it would be like Bella Caroli back in the 70s who trained Nadia Comaneci, one of the most famous gymnasts. I'm dating myself, but it's all good. You know, it'd be like taking her on her first day of gymnastics training and having her do the most difficult feat, you know? So with psyllium, it's totally fine. You just have to use it properly. So this woman came in two weeks of psyllium, like two or three times a day. I would do one dose of psyllium in my own body and take three colonics three days in a row to work it out. She had done two weeks, three days, three times a day of psyllium and had no colonics. So imagine she came in feeling about five months pregnant and it took us about six weeks to get her back on track. Wow. Six weeks. Twice a week colonics at least. Yeah. So again, don't just start doing a lot of these things on your own. You want to work with someone who can guide you properly And again, if you want to go and do a cleanse, start a cleanse, get your body elevating to a new level of alkalinity. Again, we're always designing the diet to go in, to bring you into a more alkaline state. You don't have to do radical things. This is all in my online course. You don't have to do radical things. You just have to tweak things like 10 to 20% from what you're doing now 
to begin the transitional steps of detox. Your body is going to love transition, 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 transition. It's like taking someone from a tricycle to a two-wheeler with the training wheels. Then eventually the parents take the training wheels off and they hold the back of the seat for you. And then you're going, you're going, you're going with their support. And then all of a sudden they let go of the back of the bicycle seat and you're off and running on your own. It's a process. Do not skip the steps. That's because yeah. like, and that's why so many people give up because they, they went from like zero to 60, right? And then from six to 12 we don't want to start feeling all of these crazy food cravings coming on and then we backlash and then we, we abandon the whole thing and then we feel worse instead of better. It's like really want to treat the body with gentleness and grace and ease and, 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 and love yeah. and, and you will get there. Yeah. The thing is, I noticed that a lot of people take the same supersized fast food magic bullet mentality and bring that over into wellness where, oh my God, I have to have every single solitary superfood powder that existed all in this smoothie. And, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, like, well, guess what? If we were back in ancient times, pre-airplanes, you would have the superfoods and the things around you that were there through nature to support yourself. And you're just piling it up because that's what you think is okay. And I think that... That's the first step overall <laughs> is is just going to the extreme, you know, and then you end up with a six week recovery session. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probiotics. A friend of mm -hmm. mine stayed with me a couple of weeks ago and she was just obsessed with probiotics. For those not taking probiotics, for those that are t taking probiotics, are there any quick things that you could lay out there because I think between that and kombucha, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, the best probiotics in the world are going to be your raw fermented veggies that are not made with sugar or vinegar. Okay. Properly fermenting your foods happens with the food itself, whether it's the cabbage or the carrots or whatever it is you're fermenting. Uh, a pinch of salt, pretty much like it's like a little teaspoon of salt and, you know, chiffonading the vegetables or chopping them up super fine and letting them sit in a jar that's properly pressurized. You can buy these little jars online. You can buy these fermentation kits. They're pretty awesome. That's the best probiotics you'll ever buy because they're pennies per drop and they really do support the microbiome. They really do feed the microbiome properly and fully. So if you're going to be traveling or if you're not like a DIY person, you're like, just sorry, I'm not going to be making sauerkraut at home, not my thing. And, or maybe you just don't like the flavor of sauerkraut, right? I work with a variety of supplements that I truly trust and believe in with my clients that are time tested. And so with a probiotic, you really want to probably be working with something that's also got a prebiotic that's enteric coated so that the prebiotics are getting to the proper place and the probiotics are getting down to the bottom of the gut. That is crucial. But th those would be some of the things I have to say about probiotics. And not all probiotics, by the way, have to be refrigerated. The one I work with is a great one that I work with my clients. I work with a lot of um, entertainers and artists, and a lot of them are, you know, traveling. So refrigerator is not something they can have in their back pocket. Back pocket. So the one I have is, is not required to be refrigerated. And like I say, it is entire coated. It does have the prebiotic in it so that, you know, you're really getting the full source of what you need for gut rehabilitation and restoration. Okay. Got it. With your clients, with your more on the move, high profile clients, what mm. are some of the things that 
are very different that you have to shift your practice? And then mm. what are some of the things that people would assume are very different, but they're really the same because people just think, oh my God, if you're really busy or if you've really got a lot of money or if you're really famous or just whatever, you know, superlative <laughs> that you can think of, then all of a sudden the human body changes. And I will never forget Andy Warhol said, look, it doesn't matter how much money you have, everyone's drinking the same Coca-Cola. So <laughs> <laughs> not in my world, right? <laughs> they're drinking the same veggie juice, but I know right. what you mean. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing, like, I like this question, you know, health, I think a lot of people have this perspective around health and health food, that it's expensive. And I'm like, oh, that's such an interesting perspective, because that's really never been my experience. <laughs> I mean, unless you're just buying, you know, like the most culinary vegan cheese online that's shipped to you with ice packs or something like Dr. that's Cal. a different story. <laughs> oh, my God, that is my favorite I might have to go online and get my fix. But, you know, look, there are a lot of healthy foods that we can buy that are on the upper echelon. I'm not saying that there aren't. But in general, I mean, quinoa is like, you know, pennies per serving, vegetables and fruit, like these things and are not expensive in my experience. And the reason I say that is because with every bite you take with healthy food, you're actually getting so much back because it's an investment in your health. When you buy cheap food, you are cheapening your health because every time you take a bite of it, it is reducing your quality of life. And that's an expense. That's not an investment. And really, that brings me to your Instagram page. It is so full of life, so vibrant. <laughs> I mean, you really don't look or act quote your age and I'm always very sensitive about the word like age or saying how old I learned this when I lived out of the country because a lot of times like in other languages it's not saying as an English how old are you it's how many years you have or what's your age and just that framing psychologically yeah. is a little bit different on how you view aging what are some of the yeah. other things that you do obviously Mm. what you're drinking, drinking the juices, all of this stuff is just really helping to be the fountain of youth, so to speak, to just help to turn back time. But you're like jumping on a trampoline in like half of your videos, <laughs> which I'm like, look, I don't even like, I'm out here running, but I don't yeah. even get to the trampoline. Yeah. What are things that they could do to kind of turn back time? Because we've seen it all before. We see the photos yeah. of someone that'll literally change aspects of their diet and lifestyle and turn back the hands of time. What can you say to that? I really do believe that starting as soon as you can, and it's never too late to start, is part of the process and part of the formula. I was extremely fortunate to come upon this work when I was 23. I started living a detoxifying lifestyle in my early 20s because my then boss, when I was working in advertising, met with some dude who gave him Gil Jacobs number and he went and had his colonic and he came back raving to me. And so, you know, the fountain of youth concept is attainable, you know, for everyone. This concept of aging comes from, excuse me, but shit in the body. Sorry, I'm going to be blunt. Okay. And, you know, when the cells are not able to reproduce at the pace that they want to, we have rapid decline. I truly believe that what's going on in my body is something that's attainable for everyone. I don't have any special genes over here because I had rampant disease in my body 
And I chose this path because I didn't want to have those same experiences later on in life. We have emphysema, cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, diabetes, obesity, all run in my family. Okay. I was definitely predisposed to go down that path. I believe I would probably be about 160 pounds or so by now if I hadn't found this work. I'm 5'3 and I'm 120. And it's not really about the weight so much, but it is about the weight. And I'll tell you why. Because weight equals waste. And when you alleviate waste in your body, you alleviate the weight. And this is not a judgment on anybody, but we all know that when you are feeling lighter in your body, you have the ability to be in service and you are a more dynamic individual and you can really tap into your true potential at that level. And so if we really want to talk about like the concept of aging in reverse, it's all the things. It's the colonics, it's the juicing, it's the food combining. Those are the basic like nourishing principles and detoxifying principles. It's lymphatic dry brushing. It's getting on the trampoline and really allowing the lymphatic system to do its best because, you know, your lymphatic system is made up of fluid vessels and nodes. And when you're on that trampoline, you're actually flushing toxins through this one-way pumping system that unfortunately your lymphatic system doesn't have its own pump. So we have to move our bodies to move it. I once got on the trampoline when I still lived in New York City, I had a sore throat. And seven minutes later, when I got off that trampoline, my sore throat was gone. That will tell you something about your lymphatic system. Okay. It tonifies the body. It reduces cellulite. It does a million things. Trampolining is like hands down part of the equation and the formula that's going to happen when I work with my clients. And, you know, mindset. I have to actually double check with myself sometimes. I'm like, 51? Oh, when did that happen? You know, it's, I also don't believe my age. <laughs> I choose to be vibrant and, you know, I choose this life. I choose positivity. I choose possibilities. And I also was given the name Joyce, which means joyous. So I kind of didn't have much of a, like a say in the process. You kind of have to exude the emotion. Yeah. You basically have your journey laid out for you, Joyce. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Okay. I'm so excited to talk about essential oils because mm. they are, I think they're underrated, especially in the mm-hmm. culinary department. I would go on a long shot and say that for the majority of people, most of the culinary essential oils that they've had is maybe in like a fizzy water with like an <laughs> essential oil of like lemon or something like that. I, I truly just go off. Tell, tell, just, I'm just going to let you just go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like super excited right now. I'm like jumping up and down. I'm shinning my shoulders. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. So here's the surprising thing. I, as a young kid, have always been triggered in a positive way or a negative way, depending on what it was, by smell. I'm extremely nosmic. Someone who's anosmic has a poor sense of smell. And someone who's nosmic has a very acute sense of smell. And I will tell you that from a young age, I remember being in like, I think it was third grade, Kim Valino. If you're out there, Kimberly Valino. <laughs> She was someone who moved into the town. She was like a new kid in school. She walked by me in class and I was like, oh, what's that smell? It was Love's Baby Soft. Now, okay, flash forward to today. (laughs) That is a very toxic, like, scent and perfume and product. It's like as bad as Jean Nate, okay? It's bad as like any perfume. Um, You know, synthetic scents actually damage our neurological system and our hormonal system, our respiratory system, our immune system. 
all of it. But when she walked by me every day, I was like, oh my God, that smells so good. I want to smell that good walking by somebody. That was important to me. I was like, there was something good about that. There was something positive about that. There was something happy about that. I was very triggered, right? Now, I had no idea what was going on when I was a kid and that was happening. But flash forward, I actually didn't find out and learn about essential oils until way into my colon hydrotherapy career. My biggest regret is, is about not finding out about them sooner, kind of like the people who have that first colonic and they're right. like, I wish I did this sooner. So here's the thing about essential oils, much like kombucha, much like probiotics, much like veggie juice. Look, people say they're drinking veggie juice. They come to me, they're drinking V8. And I'm like, no, that's not what we're talking about. There's a difference between V8 and fresh pressed juice from a juice bar or fresh pressed juice from your own juicer at home. Like a radical difference, right? The V8 is pasteurized. It's in a tin can. Like the thing you're making at home is unpasteurized. Absolutely. There's no heat. It's got live enzymes that are going into your body and like really cleansing and doing some really amazing detoxification work and cellular renewal work. So with essential oils, this is going to shock a lot of people, but no two grades are created equal. No two grades. I mean, I was in my, in my idiocy and my ignorance before I got schooled in this, I was going to Whole Foods and just buying the cheapest thing. Oh my God. It's so embarrassing. Flash forward. I was invited to this class and the first oil I smelled in this class was wild orange. And I was just sitting there and I was stupefied. I thought to myself, Hey, wait a minute, if this is wild orange essential oil and it smells this unbelievable and is triggering this incredible response of happiness in my body right now, what the heck was I using before? So a lot of companies will do a variety of things to their oils to cut corners. They will not distill them long enough because it costs more money to distill for more hours. They will cut them with other oils that are not even the oil that are in the bottle. They will sometimes package Melissa and, you know, they will package lemongrass and call it Melissa. You know, lemongrass is maybe $10 a bottle and Melissa is like 135. You could see why they would do that. So, you know, they do a lot of things in the market because it's an unregulated industry. It's like the cosmetics industry. But I work with a very exclusive company called doTERRA, and they are the leaders and the gold standard by scientific testing up and beyond the wazoo, beyond any other company in the world. They are now in a place through their scientific testing and ongoing scientific testing to call their quality of oils pharmaceutical grade. They are used in the top medical universities and hospitals around the world. They are used in a variety of scientific studies that you can access through PubMed. They are now known as the best prevention against the superbugs that we have coming in 2050 because there's so much antibiotic resistance from our animals that are being farmed to us as humans. It's just a quality of oil that aligns with my quality of like insistence with food and juices and like the best colon hydrotherapist you're going to find out. I want to always work with the best. I always want to make sure that I can give my clients the best results. And you can only get the best results if you're using the best products. So with essential oils, what's happening when we use them is, first of all, they're our first form of medicine. Everything that is pharmaceutical out there today is based on essential oils. And I say that because they can't patent a plant, right? So they have to do something in a lab to synthetically mimic 
what is happening in nature. And the problem with that is it comes with tons of unwanted side effects. With essential oils, when you're working with the proper grade, first of all, you get the best results the fastest. You don't have any side effects, zero. We have side benefits. And you can trigger a neural response in the brain in literally, they say 30 seconds, I say three. And I started working with essential oils in my colonic practice in LA because the results were stupefying me. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I didn't know about this modality sooner. I was coming, having people come in extremely nervous. I would give them an oil and a few seconds later, they were in a completely different personality and state of mind. I could just go on and on and on about the results that I was seeing. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I need to be serving my clients in a much more dyna- dynamic way so that they can continue to get more dynamic results outside of coming in for these treatments with me. Skin issues. I mean, the first long distance webinar that I did with an individual, a private coaching session actually, was with a young girl who was 22, had been on steroids since the time she was two for serious skin issues, begins with an E and rhymes with Begzema. And she, in this presentation we did, I had sent her samples in advance. And so I said at the beginning, I said, okay, you're going to take this lavender oil and you're going to take the tea tree oil and you're going to dilute them with a little bit of fractionated coconut oil. And you're going to put that on your right arm. 20 minutes into our session, she said, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what's the matter? She says, no, it's a good thing. She held up her right arm and she held up her left arm and they looked like the, the, the left arm was completely red and inflamed. And the, the right arm went from being red and inflamed to like a light shade of pink. And I was blown away. That was my first visual experience with a skin issue. And I said, in that moment, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. I'm learning this. Wow. This is a modality that everyone should have access to. These things are pennies per drop. They're super easy to use. And we can change our mind and our mood in seconds. Like even kids, they should be able to have oils on hand when they're being bullied or whatever it is going on at school. This is a natural form of medicine that is so intuitive and easy to work with that triggers all these responses in the body. And when you're working with people who are coming to you with anxious feelings and mood and mindset issues that they've been diagnosed with, that they're taking pharmaceuticals for, and they are so sick and tired of the side effects and what's happening in their gut with all the bloating and the inflammation and their skin, all that stuff. And they're just worn out, but they need something to support them in the process. This is a safe form of integrative medicine that even integrative specialists, integrative doctors are using now to support their clients with. And I insist on them. Wow. Mic drop, mic drop. Oh, man. You said pennies on the dollar. And I'm always Mm -hmm. thinking for the budget conscious, for the super budget conscious. If someone could only get their hands on one essential oil, what would be your number one recommendation? I know we're not about magic bullets, but what's the closest thing to a magic bullet? Well, that's a great question because the truth is with essential oils, once people have this particular grade in their hands, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I was using that other thing. The one I would say, no matter what you're going through, would actually be a great starter and you can always reach out to me. And the reason I say that is because it's the body detoxifier. It, lemon is lemon oil. Again, you have to work with the proper grade. It's four cents a drop. Okay. So you would save, if you were using fresh lemons, you'd spend about what, four to 420, 400 to $425 a year. If you were buying like lemons and using one lemon a day. Okay. 
with essential oils, you need one drop three times a day in 16 ounces of water to trigger a detox in the body. That would cost you 12 cents, 12 cents a day. Okay. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating either. And so lemon starts to bring your body, as I talked about earlier, bringing you into that more alkaline state. It's cold pressed from the rind. It won't harm the enamel on your teeth. It tastes amazing. And everyone drinks more water when the water tastes better. And once you start doing that, that's an easy way to bring your body into a, a, into a cleanse and to start bringing your body into a more purified state. So it's to heart, detox the liver as well. Wow. Clear up the skin. Lemon. Yeah. Lemon, mm-hmm. lemon. So it's not like the super expensive Lang Lang or frankincense or all of the other ones right? that are just. Right? <laughs> yeah, you can reach out to me. Uh, it's $11 for the bottle at wholesale. $11. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So nothing too complicated. Nothing complicated. When you think of cooking, we think of people, oh, you know, you got to upgrade your spice cabinet. But when it comes to stocking your essential oil, quote, spice cabinet, what are a few of the ones that they're very, very versatile and cost-friendly? What would you say should be in the spice cabinet? Love this question. I use them in my online course. I have a number of really great recipes and I'm bringing the oils in there. So thyme is great for the winter foods. Like if you're making a portobello mushroom sandwich, you can use a drop of that in the marinade. You can use it in the olive oil. You might drizzle on your salad or you might drizzle on the mushroom after you cook it. Rosemary is lovely if you're doing a potato dish. I'm telling you, these oils are so pure and so clean. Sometimes one drop, one drop in the recipe is enough to infuse it. And I'm not exaggerating. Sometimes two drops can actually spoil it. So you have to be very careful wow. when you're dispensing it from the bottle. Or you can use a toothpick and dip it in the bottle and swirl it in the olive oil if you're a little nervous about you know the dosage. Oregano. I use this one in my big salads a lot. One drop in the olive oil just drizzled on the salad. Super delicious. Did I say basil? Basil is another one. We have dill, cumin. There's so many wonderful options that you can use in the kitchen to really enhance your dishes if you don't have access to the fresh herbs. Because a lot of times, like, we want to use the fresh herbs, right? Like, I, of course, encourage that. But what if you didn't get to the market or the market was to out of them? To get a sprig or... of thyme. Like, literally, mm-hmm. you have these recipes that are looking for a sprig of thyme. Over the summer, I invested in the hydroponic garden. And now I have more time than I can even, I know, no pun intended, trust me, but I have more time (laughs) than I could have ever imagined that I was going to have in my life. So you told us savory. What about more of the sweet applications in specific smoothies? Because that I Mm. think would probably be one of the first easiest barriers of entry for people to cross. Like, oh, I just put a couple drops of and it'll do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so glad you asked this question because doTERRA just released at our last convention, Madagascar Vanilla, folks. Whoa. That is – wow. Like, wow. I've got the mind-blown emoji right now because I already (laughs) know what that's going to do. Yeah, you do. We all do. Vanilla is the dreamy oil. It's just, like, so yummy, soft, and just – it's dreamy. It puts us into that ooh state, right? That yummy, just calm. Vanilla is like a warm hug. And, you know, vanilla, the reason it's, you know, so special is because it only gets harvested like 
once a year or something like this, and it has to be hand harvested. This is a very labor intensive process, folks. I want you to understand why some oils are this price and some oils are that price. It's like why bananas are this price and why those mushrooms are that price. Yeah, Harvesting exactly. and growing and yield. It's like pine nuts. What is it? Pine nuts are harvested like once or twice a year or something like this. Pine nuts are most nuts in general. I mean, cashews, it's only on one fruit. That's why they're yeah. $17 a pound right. a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. 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 Quality so, is like, important. Yeah. There's a process behind the price is what I want to say to you all. And there's a, a cost associated with quality, right? We invest in our health because we get so much back. When we use inferior cleaning products, we're breathing in the toxicity and we're diminishing our health. When we work with essential oils in our cleaning products, again, it's part of the whole process I work with my clients. You know, if we're going to get the best results, we have to change everything that we're taking in in our bodies. So um, vanilla is definitely one of them. And I'm so psyched about having this now because you can add it to a warm tea. You can add it to maybe a cookie thing you're making, a smoothie. And then the other one I love working with is cinnamon. Talk about hacks for metabolic response and curbing food cravings. Any of you out there who are worried about like wanting to crave all the sweets when you're trying to detox, I work with my clients and they have healthier options for the healthier sweets because I believe in making sure they have access to what they want to eat, but just the cleaner versions. So cinnamon is another really yummy one. Okay. What about one... What about one for menstruation? I know sometimes I get like a case of the cramps. Is there one that would be helpful for yeah. that? Great question. And this is the, the cool thing about essential oils is that there's basically an oil for nearly everything. And with hormonal health, we work a lot with the florals. And the reason we do that is because, again, if we look to nature – it typically will help us to understand what the indication is of the oil. Like what's the purpose of this oil? Mm. So with the florals, again, you want to think of a flower. It could be a bunch of different things depending on the age of the woman, right? But just conceptually, let me give like a broad spectrum of the characteristics. So the flowers, we think about blooming, birth, new beginnings. There are amazing oils for pregnancy, birth, and babies, okay? With hormonal health, the flowers are about regenerating and calming and beautifying and just supporting the hormones so that they can start to function better. So there's actually a blend that I work with, with my clients for the lady issues. Even though I'm really into the feels and the woo-woo and all that stuff and the physical and the removing of this like glue from the gut, I'm also very into the emotional components of healing and detox. Because when we couple a bunch of different oils together, they work very synergistically in the body and they trigger the cells. They're not healing the body. The body is healing itself, but they're just triggering the cells. They're like little messages from earth. They're triggering the cells and prompting the cells to start to function properly again because nothing in this world works at the level of an essential oil because the essential oils can break through the cell membrane and break through the blood-brain barrier. Okay, the reason why brain cancer is such a problem is because chemo can't pass through the blood-brain barrier. Essential oils can break through the blood-brain barrier and pass through there. So 
they get into the middle of the cell and they're actually working to help recode and support D- DNA function. This has been scientifically proven. And that's how I share the information with my clients when we work together. So they understand it's not just about like, what do I use this oil for? It's like, how do these oils work? When we understand how things work, it's like we start to integrate at a totally different level. I really appreciate that science. You mentioned frankincense before, just to help people understand the tree oils are about grounding. We think about the, the tree's roots going deep into the earth, right? So we use frankincense to ground, to connect to our sense of purpose, to connect to the vine, to connect to like a fatherly energy. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I actually didn't have another question, but then I'm literally <laughs> laying here kind of in this weird position because I, I'm training for a marathon. And so I just finished my run before we hopped on. So I'm in this very mm-hmm. odd position, kind of stretching different parts of my body that I had no idea needed to be stretched pre-training mm. for a marathon, but mm. muscle recovery. I'm all mm. about the magnesium baths, but are there any things that I could be doing right now to just boost my body as I go through this? I'm proud Help. of you. First of all, everyone out there, let's give her a virtual Help. round of applause. That is, talk about stepping into your fears. Holy That's crap. amazing. Yeah. yeah. You're going to do it. You're going to crush it. Yes, absolutely. And I work with a lot of athletes as well. And so again, you know, being a colon hydrotherapist, wow, this is a, uh, allowed me to expand my arsenal and support so many more people, no matter what they're coming in with. It's like not just about the gut, right? So with muscle recovery, you're going to start working with the more analgesic type of oils, right? Like your winter greens, your um, camphoraceous oils, your eucalyptuses, your peppermints. These are things that are going to be like vasodilators and open up blood flow in the body. They're going to create that sort of like icy hot response on the skin. They're going to get into the muscles and make them get ooey gooey instead of being tense and like tight. I'm also a certified Thai yoga body worker. So I certainly bring the oils into my sessions without a doubt. doTERRA has the most amazing new product. Every time we think they're like done doing what they need to do, they come up with something else. We're just like, oh my God, talk about the like mind blown emoji. So we have a blend, which is called Deep Blue. And if you're out there and you have muscle issues, just you know DM me on Insta or whatever you need to do. <laughs> and I can talk to you about this. Deep Blue is amazing. They made it into a lotion. It's an oil, but then they also took that oil and they put it into a lotion. And the most recent thing they created, which I use every single day, because even though I healed my herniated disc, I still get a lot of tension in my neck and shoulders. And I've had a bunch of things going on with my lower back in the past several months because of this crazy car accident. Deep Blue Stick. This thing has changed my life. If you're wondering what it is, it kind of looks like a small round tube of deodorant. And we just rub it on our skin instead of rubbing the lotion on our skin, which was great. And still, I still use the lotion, but this stick is not as messy. And you just rub this on your skin and you don't even need to rub it in with your hand. And the formulation is just so easy to use. And it works in like five minutes. I literally lost my tube to a friend. I like brought it and I had him put it on it. I put it on his neck because he was going to be taking like a 19 hour drive. And he was like, oh, great. I'm glad you're giving that to me. And I said, well, actually, I wasn't giving it to you. He's like, oh, thanks for the stick. I was like, wait a minute. Are you taking this? He said, absolutely. My neck feels amazing right now. So (laughs) 
That's what I would recommend, the deep blue stick. And then there are some other things that we work with with my athletes. I have a supplement called Mito2 Max, which is going to help the mitochondria have more energy. So you have more stamina, helps people get off the coffee. There's a bunch of different things, but the deep blue stick is like my new go-to. Okay, sweet. Just I I need everything that I could (laughs) possibly throw on the wall to make this work. This is currently a part of my woo-woo stack, which when we Mm. spoke before this call, this is probably the most important question Mm. of the entire interview. Mm. What is your woo-woo? Everyone's got a different woo-woo. And I know you probably have a million woo-woos, obviously. (laughs) We've been speaking for like over an hour now about all the different Mm. woo-woos. But Really, what is what is that woo woo or the woo woo of the moment? You know, because it all changes. I get it. <laughs> but well, yeah, what's your woo woo right now? Well, I'm here to impress. You know, I you know <laughs> want to be heard, but I definitely want to be seen too. So I would say my woo woo is drum roll, please. Uropathy. I need sound. Uropathy. Uropathy. Yeah. Would you want me to tell you what that is? Wait. First, how do you spell that? U-R-O-P-A-T-H-Y, okay. uropathy. Because I've heard of neuropathy, but I was like, okay, wait, uropathy. Yeah. <laughs> neuropathy is a painful thing where you yes. don't have good circulation. Yeah. So uropathy is the application of one's own urine, either topically or internally, to trigger a healing response in the body. Now, before you freak out out there, <laughs> mom, dad, I'm not drinking my pee. But I do use it topically, and I have used it topically for years and advised my clients, who are open to it, to use it topically when they have a skin issue. It works like a magic eraser every time. So what do you do? Well, you wake up in the morning, and you only do this with the morning stream because your morning stream has been in your body the longest. So you begin to pee for three seconds. You want what's in the like bottom of the canal there to leave the body first. You begin to urinate for three seconds and then you use your muscles and you contract and you stop the stream. You put a cup or a glass underneath your body and then you catch the middle stream. And then about the last three seconds, again, you stop the stream and let that go back into the toilet. So you're getting the middle stream, okay? Now, within the first 15 minutes of this coming out of your body, it's sterile. So then you take a cotton ball and you apply it. Like in my case, I still get some weird things that are seemingly inexplicable coming up on my face, like little rashes, little, I can't figure out what they are. That's a dry patch, like an irritation, something is redness, like what the heck is going on? So I have a number of oils that I work with as well, of course, for skin. And there are amazing oils for that, but Hey, we just want everything at our arsenal, right? In our arsenal. So with a cotton ball, dip it in, squeeze it out, and just apply it to the faces. You can even do it, just do it in general on a daily basis if you want. Heck, it's like a free facial. You have it every day and it's free. What could be better? And you let it air dry. You don't wash it off. It will not smell. That's people's biggest freak out. They're like, oh my God, my face is going to smell like pee. Nah, it's not going to smell like pee. You don't wash it off. And anyway, you're going to probably put some essential oils for me over that anyway. Exactly. Smelling like, exactly. you know. A floral garden. So, or if you're a dude, we'll get you smelling like some really cool trees in the forest. So that's that. I mean, some people drink it to trigger a different response, you know, immunologically, et cetera. But topically, it works incredibly for skin issues. 
Wow. And like, like eczema, psoriasis, stuff like that. Like my woo-woo was like running in meditation and like <laughs> <laughs> positive affirmations. You know, Joyce is like, no, we're just going to dab piss on our pimples. <laughs> I, I love it though. And that's why I'm here to not only ask the right questions, <laughs> get the right information, <laughs> but really allow people like you. I mean, God, we could go on for hours and hours. You are a wealth of information. And I'm really excited that, you know, not only are you speaking to me about this information, but you're creating content and education and programming mm. and everything around just what you've amassed in the past, you know, 25 plus years. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're working on? You know, I think with anything you do, Lynette, it's like once you start to really connect with what you know is something that you truly believe in, that you want to share with other people because it works, it changes their lives, it's important it will help them to also go out and change more lives themselves. Like we want that ripple effect. We all want to know that at the end of our existence on this planet, that we have the ability to say we lived a life with no regrets. We've lived a life with no regrets. We've done everything that we were designed to do and meant to do. And so for me, I've just gotten to the point with the work that I do where I just see it changing people's lives so fundamentally. And I believe in it so wholeheartedly. I believe that no one was put on this earth to struggle and I believe that you can heal your body naturally from the inside out and that gut health in tandem with higher levels of detoxification are really the missing link from people tapping into that true potential. I just want to be able to educate more people on a greater scale. So I work now pretty much with people in like small groups, but a lot also one-on-one -on -one privately, but I really want to be able to serve greater numbers of people. So I've created an online course and I'm so pumped about this because it's allowed me to step into all of the fundamentals of my being and my personality. I was listening to Koya talk about how she's now doing her music, doing her acting, doing her dancing, doing all the creative things. Like I'm super creative. As a kid, I did all the dance and I, I was an art major in college and, you know, growing up in a very artistic family, like all of that, like my online course is not just about educating people. It's as Jason Rubel said on one of your podcasts. It's about entertaining people because the second we can make people laugh and we entertain them, we help them to relax and be more open. And the work is more memorable. I know that I remember things when I've laughed through it. Educating people with a sense of humor and my personality and with the music, like all of those elements are in my course. I am so excited about this. I call it edutainment. So, oh, wow. you know, bringing people through all of the step-by-step -step process of what this concept of like detoxifying the body, but it's really about living a detoxifying lifestyle. People go on cleanses and that's all cool, but I want to help people live the lifestyle. It's not a trend, it's not a fad. Detoxing and cleansing is not something we do for a day, three days or two weeks. It's something we do daily so we can really step into that power. Learn more at superfoodschool.org. <laughs>